You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, damas y caballeros, welcome back to another edition of Locked On Seminoles. Happy Friday to everyone out there. We just want to say from the bottom of my heart to thank you all for allowing us to be part of your work week each and every week. Also want to wish a happy early Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Everyone, make sure to give her a phone call, tell her you love her, because trust me, it means the world to her. And with that being said, I'm going to send us over to part two of our interview with Austin Vizi of No Game Day. If you didn't listen to part one that was published this past Thursday, just go back there and give it a real run-through real quick because Austin is probably, in my personal opinion, and I think the opinions of a lot of people, the preeminent knowledge for FSU basketball on the beat right now. And I'm not going to keep you all longer. Here's me, Dave, and Austin. Have Once again, have a wonderful weekend, and we'll see you back on Monday for Locked on Seminoles. I mean, that's great to hear. And then what about the high school kids? Like, do you, is there one that, you know, you're particularly you know, fond of? I know we have Matthew Cleveland coming in. Jalen Warley's another one as well. Um, I, yeah. I, I don't know much of Nahim McLeod. I know that he's still the Juco ranks. He was supposed to be in the team last year. Is there one of them mm-hmm. that, you know, you know, is the apple your eye? I mean, Cleveland's so good. I don't know how he <laughs> didn't make a McDonald's All-American game. Yeah. I don't know how he's not a top 10 player in this class, honestly. Three-level score, can shoot three well, handles the ball well. 45-inch vertical, great defense, great length, smart kid. You know, he, he really presses on education. I mean, this is what you want. Like, if Florida State was a recruit, recruited player, you go, oh, yeah, it's Matthew Cleveland because he just fits everything. 6'6", does everything well, shoots the ball well. He's so, so good. I don't know if he'll start right away just because Ham doesn't generally lean on freshmen right away. You know, Isaac was really the first freshman we relied on so long besides Bacon and Beasley. Mm-hmm. Um I, th- I think he's really good. I- I've heard really great things about Jalen Worley. Um, he was another guy we had on the podcast um, about a year ago. Um, great head on his shoulders. He's very smart, really understands the game. Pass first point guard. He's not going to be a guy that's going to go out and score 20 points. He- he's going to be like Trent where he's scoring eight points, nine assists, three steals, and four rebounds. Like, it's going to be those kind of stat lines. Um, oh, I don't hate I- that. <laughs> And I think he's a little bit further along than Trent was at this point in their careers. I don't know that he has the same kind of ceiling that Trent did. Um, Cause literally as soon as Trent touched campus, we are, we all started calling him future. Cause we, we just knew he was that guy. Um, I think Warley's really talented. And then I think John Butler, who's, I think people are forgetting from this class. He was top 100 player out of South Carolina, but he's seven, one can handle the yeah. ball, shoot the three. The staff sees him as a four, which is crazy for someone seven foot one. That's big. That's a big four. <laughs> if if he can, you know, put on some weight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. First, yeah. put on some weight. But if he can hone in on that potential, I mean, he's going to be a really damn good player. And I mean, like Porzingis kind of player. Wow. That's. I would say that's high comps. I'm. A, I, I was a big KP guy until he. Uh, Unfortunately, tore his knee and then literally went trade out the Mavs. And I see you wearing it, rocking a Mavs jersey. So I'm assuming you're a Mavs yeah. fan. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But are you, are you is that a KP jersey or is that a Doncic jersey? It's a Luka jersey. I got a Dirk. I, I was originally a Dirk fan. Um, but, you know, I got to wear the Luka too. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean we, Luka's a sicko. I mean, come on. But so then we got Butler <laughs> coming in then. And then we got, do have Balsa coming out. Do you think there's any concern with, 
I guess, with Balsa being gone. And, like, the one Malayan player that, you know, was, like, you know, on the timeline, on boards was, you know, Tanner Amgam. Do you see him, like, developing actually into, you know, what we need him to be? Or do you think just typically he's just a rotational piece right now at this point? Um, for now, I'd view him as a rotational piece. I think most people don't realize he's only been play- playing organized basketball for four years. And when you look at it that light, we're like, oh, for someone who's only been playing four years, he's not half bad. But that's just not what Florida State reads, needs right now. They need someone that can go in and do exactly what Balsha did, where he can create a look down low, swallow rebounds, block shots. And we really saw that from Balsha, especially at the end of the season, once we got into tournament play. He was one of our two or three best players in the tournament. Ingham's, he, at this point, I think he's a rotational big. I think Quincy Ballard has a ton of potential. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's, he's one of those guys. It's going to take a couple seasons for it to click. Because I mean, he's super athletic. I mean, there's videos of him dunking from the free throw line, which you don't see seven footers doing. Um, Naheem McLeod, jury's still out on him. I'm personally not a huge fan of his game. Okay. Um, the idea of him's great as a seven three guy that's mobile and can shoot out to fifteen feet. I think it's a great idea. He's only averaging like six points and four rebounds and about sixty minutes per game right now on JUCO. I don't know. Uh, I'm not the hugest fan of him, but if anybody can develop him, Coach Jones can. Right. Well, you know, this is a weird year where we have a lot more going out than we usually do. Like, we lose guys to the draft. It happens. But this is almost an exodus. It's almost a roster reconstruction. You don't see that a lot under him. We have talent coming in, but how does that impact your expectations of a team that, at this point, I think the whole country expects to make tournaments? You know, I, I wish one of these guys would have stayed, especially one of one of the two of Raekwon Gray or Balsha Kubervicha. Really wish one of those two had stayed because um, it really puts Florida State in a tough spot with yeah. their bigs. Um, the guards I'm not concerned about. Um, it's a lot easier to bring a young guard along than it is a young big. Um, and, and for them to pick up the game as the season goes along. Um, and, and players like Worley and Cleveland, they're going to pick it up either way. Um, and then Mills, you know, he got to spend about a month in the system it's not like he's shown up fresh on campus in August trying to pick everything up. He's been here since, you know, end of February. He, he's already started to learn this stuff. Um, so I think it's going to be as big of a thing with him. So we'll, we'll see. It really, it really just depends how they finish out this roster. You know, they still have three scholarship spots right now. And there, there's some transfers that they're looking at. If you close those out with some high-quality guys, I mean, they'll be right back in the thick of the conversation. For most of the year, FSU's basketball team was right in the thick of it to win a national championship. And you know who, who had them as the favorite heading into that season? BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your sports action. There, you can get all the latest news and odds and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. You also can probably get some odds on the Logan Paul-Floyd Mayweather fight, even though now I'm hearing that Floyd might fight the both of them in the same night. So you know the BetOnline will have those odds for you. So head on over to the website or use your mobile device sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using the promo code LOCKEDON. That promo code is LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. BetOnline, your online sportsbooks experts. And then um, you, don't, you don't have to share this right now because I know you have some of it probably on your null game day side. Do you, is there any transfers right now that you fans should keep on the lookout right now for? Or what, what are you thinking? Trey Mitchell from UMass is a big one. He's one of the 10 best transfers on the market. Um, really talented player. Was a top 100 recruit coming out of high school. It's averaged uh, off the top of my head like 17 points and like eight and a half rebounds over two seasons. Can shoot the three. I think he's like 36% for three. 
and can play the four or the five. He's six nine, super athletic. That'd be a guy that you know, if he comes to Florida State, I'd be really, really happy with. Um, at one point, there's a lot of smoke surrounding him, but now a lot of teams have started reaching out, and now there's so it's just a very, very big pool for him. Okay. Um, that's that's the big one I'm looking out for. There's a couple other guys I was watching that have gone elsewhere, um, but that's the big one I'm watching for right now. Okay, and then I guess my one thing is, um, I don't think have we heard back about MJ Walker potentially coming back yet or no? No, he's, no. He's really taking his time. They got back from wherever from Indianapolis. Then him and Polite went to New Smyrna Beach for a weekend. Then they went to Orlando, and then he's been in Tallahassee ever since. Just went through graduation you know, last weekend. I'm still of the opinion he's probably going to leave, but he's actually really considering staying, which I don't think anybody would have thought at the end it, of the season. But he, he's pissed how the season ended. I mean, I he's mean, I so bet. mad. I mean, I bet, man. I mean, he came in with such high hopes and aspirations. Like, we were we were championing him, like, you know, day in and day out. And just the way like, – it leaves a bad taste in your mouth. I mean, just, he's, he seems like a super competitive guy. Of course you don't want to go out like yeah. that. Yeah, he, he was pissed that he, you know, he couldn't practice, couldn't play well. You know, he had that one good game against Boston College, but outside of that, you yeah. know, from middle of February on, he, he just didn't play well. And he would tell you that it wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me if he came back, um, but but I still think he leaves. It's really tough for a fifth year senior to improve on their professional outlook. So then, let me ask you this: Then, if he doesn't come back, who do you see? Who do you look for to be the leader of this group? Do you look for someone that's been here already, an Anthony Polite, who took a huge stride this past year, or do you look so look towards you know Caleb Mills, you know, who's going to be the run the point out for the rest of the year? To me, it's Malik Osborne. Oh, I mean that guy's that okay. guy's as vocal as anybody. It'll be his what, fourth year in the program. Yeah, yeah. fourth. He's, he just knows it. He's on the leadership councils already for student athletes. I think he's on the anti racism task force. Very smart guy. Very well respected guy in the locker room. I think it's going to come down to him for leadership. And then, yeah, someone someone else is going to have to step up too, whether it's polite, who maybe. I, I think he's more reserved. It, it wouldn't surprise me if it was Mills that, that stepped up as that other guy that, that really got the guys together. Okay, then, I mean, I don't know if Dave is uh, super uh, happy about that, being Malik Oswald being the leader of the team. But we we saw a lot of, you know, good from him. But we personally, I guess, I don't know, Dave, you you know. We can I was just disappointed. I, I, I expected more out of him this past year. I, I think we all did, but. It's it's always tough when you're – I mean, the season before, he's pretty much strictly playing five. Yeah. And then this past season, he's playing the four. He's being asked to run the pick and roll. It's things he's not necessarily comfortable with. So he's a little bit out of his comfort zone. It, it kind of surprised me, but he, you saw from – I think early February on, he started playing a lot better. I mean, yeah, he did. Hopefully, you know, he can echo that. So then what do you see, I guess, now it's up, it's the week before tournament time. How do you see the 2021-2022 FSU basketball program finishing up the year? Man, I wish I knew. There's so many unknowns about this roster that, you know, it, like if they go into the, with this roster right now, like Sweet 16 probably, but if they get two more quality guys that can finish out this rotation, there's no reason they can't be a Final Four team. Yeah, and you know, here's the crazy thing, and this is what gets me, all right? The floor is the NCAA tournament for a school that, quite frankly, doesn't care about basketball. Most yeah. fans of Florida State University don't care about basketball. I still see on Twitter all the time, fire him. And those people aren't joking. Like they genuinely think he should be fired. And this is after years now of making something out of nothing, more than something. Does that bother you as much as it bothers me? It really bothered me a couple seasons ago, Um, especially the year after we made the Elite Eight. 
you know, where, where we still got to Sweet 16 in a year where everybody was hurt. I mean, Trent had turf toe from November on. Phil broke his foot and was out half the season. Terrence was dealing with heel injuries. MJ was dealing with knee injuries. You know, and I, I kept seeing as I'm with a team, I'm like, we've got six guys that don't practice every single day. And yeah. we're still out here beating most teams. And I get that. That year was weird because we started conference playoff, I think, one and four. Because we had that close home loss to Duke. Got smoked at Virginia. And then lost on the road to Pitt and um, Boston College. So, yeah, we started off one and four. And everyone's like, oh, God, here they go again. And then we went, then we went like 13 of the next 14. Yeah. You know, sometimes fit, Florida State fans especially just don't have much patience. And we've seen it with football. Yeah. No, it's it's the the patience is astounding that we lack. <laughs> with, with basketball, you got to take it month to month. It, it's just anything can happen any given day for any given team. I mean, we we've seen it consistently over college basketball. Or Oral Roberts just made the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah. Like, come on, man. You know the irony is if we poured like even a small percentage of the resources we put into football into basketball for a team that's already bringing in almost nothing but four and five star talent and mm -hmm. making tournaments every single year, that being the new standard of the program, I, this, this could grow into, I know we call ourselves new bloods, a actual blue blood program. They're close. They're really, really close. You know, they make that one final four. They won that one national championship. It, it just takes things that one step further that I think is going to need to take for the athletic department to go. Oh, we can actually do this consistently. Oh, okay. Hamilton's been begging for new facilities for, you know, half a decade now. He's had plans for players-only apartments and a new practice facility. Our practice facility sucks. I hate it. He's been begging for it. At this point, he's he's tired of waiting. You you bring those new facilities in, because I, I mean, I've got stories of recruits telling us, "Hey, I chose this school because they had better facilities. I like you guys better, but they have better facilities." And that's that's hard to hear when yeah. you do everything right. And you have a kid tell you, I just don't like your facilities as much. That's tough. God, that, sounds, that, that sounds familiar. You, yeah, you get that new facility in, and I think that it would change a ton. Um, I know Jimbo begged for it for three, three or four years as well. Yeah. He was just a lot more vocal about it. You know, he, he, wasn't, he wasn't afraid to play hardball with the media, whereas Hamilton, you know, they, they, they like doing things their own way. Well, it's funny because you just saw the renders. I know they were old, but they just re-put them out of the new football facilities that are going to be coming out. And it looks ridiculous. And here we are with the same basketball facilities, despite a team that is lapping football in confidence. Yeah, yeah we've had the same. I think they got the current practice facility in 2002, 2003. <laughs> Something like that. It's just old. It, it looks really bad from the inside. And there's just there's so many things that go wrong with it, like week to week. It's, it's just time for a new one. Uh, they try and please us by, you know, we're getting the players only lounge in, in uh, the tuck and they renovated it. The tuck looks great. Now. Yeah. The, the practice study just needs so it needs so many updates. So hopefully after hearing our little spiel, uh, FSU admin actually does go out and help the FSU basketball program. And hopefully when they finally do, they stock up with Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein ever. It has over nine delicious flavors. You've heard Max go on and on about his peanut butter brownie. Me, personally, I'm a double salt kind of guy, and it is the protein bar for you. Whether or not, whether it's you're running out the door late for work, or you need a little midnight snack, but you don't want to feel too guilty and reach that over for a candy bar, Built Bar is the right protein bar for you to satisfy all your craving needs with low sugar and low net carbs. 
And also, it's about to be beach season. You definitely want to have add these to your pantry. So go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 50% off your first order. That promo code is LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 50% off at BuiltBar.com. And I'll thank you later for it. So then, yeah. Austin, we're going to, I guess, shift away from the expectations for the basketball program. I want to ask you a little personal questions or also your dealings with the FSU basketball team, if that's okay. Yeah, go ahead. So one of the things that um, I used to work compliance um, at Surrey University, I did, worked over at Johns Hopkins for lacrosse. I did over at University of North, Notre of Maryland for the women's teams. So then one of my questions is, like, do you, I guess, could you give a little breakdown? Because I know some there are some kids that, you know, come into college or have are, are leaving high school that want to play both basketball and football at the same time. Um, has FSU ever had like a certain dynamic, how, how that works if they want to have a kid to do both? I think we had one player when Marcos White did that. Mm-hmm. Is there, how does the recruiting of those kids actually go down? So I, I think there's actually a more recent one with Malachi Weidman. Yeah, he, was that's the, yeah, football. That. he was committed for a long time um, and wanted to play basketball and football. Um, the thing that's tough is I think a lot of people don't realize that no matter how many sports you play, you can only get 20 hours of practice per week. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you play one sport or four sports, you can only get 20 hours. So that makes it tough for a guy that like Weidman would have been on a football scholarship, but basketball always takes up so much time between film and they have their own tutors and they, you know, they all travel together. They all eat together. You know, it, it takes up a different kind of schedule. And I think that's tough. The, the Weidman recruitment was really different because Taggart loved him and we weren't a big fan. We, we, we actually wanted pretty much wanted no part of him, but we were going to take him because he's super talented. So I, to, to put it lightly, they weren't exactly disappointed when he decommitted. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, you know, it, it's it's really interesting. I think football and baseball is easier. Yeah. Just because it's strictly spring and then strictly fall. It's not like with basketball where, you're, you know, you got a month and a half out of the year where they're all running together. Um, I think if you're football and baseball or football and track, I think, I think it's absolutely doable for football and basketball or baseball and basketball. I think it's really, really tough. Yeah. Okay. And then I guess I kind of want to also ask you as well. Um, we did uh, a few weeks ago, one of our top, you know, football players that have come through FSU for football. So I kind of want to ask you, what would be your own personal, what would be Austin Vesey's starting five for FSU basketball of all time? Like starting five or just five best players? Oh, you're starting five. At the one I'm going Trent. Like there's just no hesitations about it. He he was just so impactful for what he did at Florida State. All Florida State's all-time winningest player. Um, at the two, I'd go Bobby Sura, all-time leading scorer. I don't think that's much debate either. The three gets tough here. <laughs> Al Thornton. Al Thornton was that guy. Um, he, he was the guy that really got me into Florida State basketball. I've got an Al Thornton Clippers jersey in my room nice. that I wear pretty okay. often. Um, after the, the four is tough, the, f- the five is Dave Cowens. Like, we don't even have to talk about that. Yeah. Four, uh, I'd probably play Terrence out of position and put him at the four. Mm. Uh, like, there's some other guys that you put up there, like Ron Keane and Doug Edwards and a couple of these other guys. And like, how Sam Cassell is not Sam Cassell should be one of the five, but I don't <laughs> want to run three cards. Um, so I'd probably, put, I'd probably put Terrence at the four. Dave, how do you feel about the list? I like the list. I think that's a. Uh, I think Terrence at the four is uh, a quick four. So 
I expect that team to win some games. And, and like it's got the it's got the good balance of unselfishness with Trent and Terrence, and then the scoring between Thornton, Cowens, and Bobby Sura. Good luck. Well, and you know what's funny? Like more recent new blood fans may hear that list and think like, "How the hell is X, Y, and Z not on it? I've never never even heard of these guys." That kind of makes me sad. That like somebody yeah. may not have heard of Bobby Sura or Cowens or man. My so Cow. I love Cowens. Cowens came. Um, he came back to the campus one year for like just like a little alumni thing, and they were doing a free throw competition at halftime. Not only did he make every single one, he made two backwards. <laughs> like the dude was just a, a man. <laughs> and he even I don't know how old he is now in his seventies, maybe sixties, seventies, and he was still just killing it. So then, moving from that, I guess the uh, the starting five that you have. What in your personal? Because you know you worked with the team for the, that many years. Who was the one player? that, you know, when you interacted with, you know, was the best person you interacted with on the team? And also, who was the best player that you saw in person, either whether it be in practice or whether it be actually in a game situation? Um, just on a day-to-day basis, Trent, you know, we, we've given him a lot of love on this podcast already, but he's he's just such a great guy, really humble. I still, I still chat with him every so often. Just, just such a great guy. I never gave anyone any issues. First guy and last guy out, one of those guys. Really hard worker. I mean, gr- granted, there were very few bad apples on that team. Everyone's a great guy, you know, from Fiondu. Fiondu was always really nice. Ikeo Biagra was always really nice. CJ Walker was great. Terrence Mann was great. Just just going down the line, there were so many great guys. I, I couldn't have been more blessed to be in such a great locker room. Those, those guys were phenomenal. The best player I've seen in person, probably John Morant, Murray State. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, well, I meant like, oh, you, you mean know, at, but, oh, I like at FSU, but we, but you can go on yeah. to also, you know, opponents too, if you want. Yeah, I would say John Morant. I mean, the, the game plan we had for him was like, we watched the Marquette game, a game before, and it was like, okay, let's do the exact opposite. Let's see if that works. <laughs> it, it really was because Marquette said, okay, we're going to stop Jaw and just make him pass. And he finished that game with like 18 points and like 16 assists or something stupid like that. And we're like, okay, let's just let Josh score and take away all of his teammates. And then he let us up for 30. Like yeah. there was just so much that kid could do. Uh, it's just, <laughs> I remember watching him going, Oh my, like, how do you stop him? Yeah. That one, I don't know if you remember that one pass he had, he was dribbling up the base or up the sideline in transition, then off the dribble, Left hand wraps it around MJ Walker through Terrence Mann and Chris Kamaji for an easy layup. I was like, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> That's just cool. Honestly, at that point, it's art. Yeah, like I remember looking at the guy next to me going, ah, "We're screwed." <laughs> <laughs> like this—he was so good, so that, good. I'm low key jealous. You got to see John Morant that close up in person because I love John Morant. <laughs> so then, I guess like I got two more questions, and then we're, we'll uh, wrap it up. Um, one thing I do hear is that you're a big, big Vikings fan. Yeah, I got my Vikings cup right here. Yeah, I know. You know those Vikes bees. If you want, you want to find them on Twitter, uh, solid follow. How did you feel about the draft last the past few days? I mean, though, I know you guys did take a running back for some inexplicably odd reason. <laughs> yeah, I, I, they took him just to be a returner from, from what I'm reading. Oh. I mean, the first round was phenomenal. I mean, you trade back and still get the guy you want at 23 and pick up two extra third rounders. I thought that was a phenomenal move. Kellen Mond, I was like, uh, really? Really? Yeah. Um, Chaz Surratt, I thought it was early to pick him. But then I loved Wyatt Davis. And then I loved um, – who was our fourth third-round pick? Um, Patrick Jones from Pitt. I like him as well. Yeah, he's very good. 
And then all, all, all the late round picks, you know, they're very typical Vikings picks. You know, they get an athletic defensive end in Janarius Robinson. Yeah. Um, you get a four-year corner who's more likely to play safety. That's a very Vikings pick. Um, get a guy that played tight end and punter. For some reason, that felt very Vikings. Um, it, it, it was a very solid draft. You know, you, you completely retooled your offensive line with Wyatt Davis and Christian Darisaw. Got some edge depth, which we needed. Uh, I think it was a pretty solid draft. I about to say, yeah, I think you guys had one of the better drafts. I actually did love the trade back for Darisaw. I thought Darisaw honestly could have been number the second tackle taken off the board, even though yeah. I thought I thought it was better than, better than Rashawn Slater. And to me, they were kind of interchangeable also. But, hey, like if you trade back and get all those four picks, I think J-Rob actually could probably blossom in your system with Mike Zimmer. I'm actually a big Mike Zimmer fan. I think his defense is particularly really good. I just think the one thing holding you guys back is probably your quarterback play. But I don't think you'll fix that with Kellen Mond. But I mean, maybe Kirk could do something with J. Jeff and Thielen too. So you know, hey, we'll see about that. And for the first time in his life, he'll have a solid offensive line in front of him. Um, yeah, if anyone can get anything out of J. Rob, it's going to be Andre Patterson, at our D line coach. I mean, just you've seen what he's done with Everson Griffin, Brian Robinson, Daniel Hunter. Mm-hmm. Just name after name after name that has consistently produced. Even Stephen Weatherly before he went to Carolina started having good seasons. If anybody can get it out of J-Rob, it's going to be Andre Patterson. He's such a great defensive mind and knows how to use these guys with length. And, you know, maybe, maybe we'll see something. I'm, I'm really hoping J-Rob does well. You know, everything he's gone through from losing his house to yeah. Yeah. just everything he's gone through. I, I hope he plays well. I really hope he does, especially now that he's on my team again. Um, <laughs> you can't we'll get rid see. of him, man. You can't <laughs> yeah. get rid of him. Yeah. yeah I know. Uh, I think it's also funny that Dalvin Cook went from one of the worst offensive lines in college football to probably a bottom five offensive line. Y'all, that was that's kind of cruel irony, but I think that y'all have a good one there, and you y'all got you know some solid pieces coming up with prospects for the offensive line. And then for the last question that we always ask our guests, our our main host Max isn't here, so I will going to be ones to ask you this: uh, What is your opinion uh, about Hawaiian about pineapple on pizza? Nope. Thank you. I'm actually, I'm actually waiting to eat my pizza. <laughs> And I just I'm a I'm plain I, I'm a pepperoni and cheese kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I got I got I got the stuffed crust because you know, I'm stuffed crust. But no, but to me vegetables in general don't belong or fruit it just doesn't belong on pizza, but especially pineapple. Come on, so <laughs> happy to end this podcast this way. This just made my day. Oh, <laughs> thank God that that is the Sunday blessing that we really wanted to hear on these airways. So before you go, Austin, please tell people where you know where to find you, where to look for you guys, and also how to support you guys over No Game Day. Yeah, so definitely support us at No Game Day, uh, patreon.com slash No Game Day. Um, we're posting nuggets there pretty much every day. Now that we're in the offseason, it's a little bit slower. But once we get into the season, you know, we're really cranking things up. But it's going to be a busy offseason. We've got some things planned here for the future. You can find me on Twitter at KnowlesVikesVs and on Instagram at easy underscore VZ. But I'm, more main, I'm mainly on Twitter. I don't really use Instagram that much. Yeah, guys, go send them a follow. Trust me, and I'll send them a follow, and I'll send them a follow over at Patreon too as well. I've been part of, I've been subscribing to Game Day for the past year and a half, and everything. They always bring out the best content. They're not paying me or sponsoring me for this. This is straight from you know, from my mouth to your ears. So please go support them. They're great guys, great content. And with that being said, for me, Drake, Dave, and Austin, we'll see you next time on Lock On Seminoles.